Would you cut it out? Says <laughs> your hostess with the mostest. I'm just, well, I, I guess I'm a host. A host with a most. Uh, hey, this is the uh, R3 Relative Run Readiness Podcast. I'm the host today. No, I'm not actually. I'm still a co-host. Uh, are you also a co-host? Do, do, does one co-host mean that the other person is also a co-host? I, you know, that's a good question. I mean, I, I think in general, I should be in charge, right? Because I, I'm, I'm kind of the mostest. I'm, I'm like the, I'm the main host and you're kind of the assistant host. And that makes sense because you're much smaller in stature than me. Isn't that how leadership works? <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. We're co-hosts. We're yeah. co-hosts. Okay. All right. Whatever. Fair fair. We're co-hosts, even though I'm a little more important than you. Okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, so what, what we've been talking about is strength progressions, and we decided to do some series what? on may, our may strength I, may work. I, may what? I. What? You didn't ask me how my day was oh, or anything yet. Because I already know how your, your day d- is. It's great because you're with me. You just dive into business. Yep. People want to know how I'm doing. At I know. Least. We get, I know. You know, maybe people don't care about you, but they want to know how I'm doing. I actually get requests that I talk less about me. <laughs> from you to from talk Aaron, more. your wife. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even listen to the podcast. So, you know, we can say what we want about Aaron. Woo-hoo! <laughs> it was just Aaron's birthday, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, 26 we went, again. 26 again. Yeah. No, she's the big four O and don't think I can't that believe you just her. said that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, you're really testing to see if she listens or not. Aren't uh, you? That's right. Uh, <laughs> hey, I uh, listen, I'll just say it though. I, we have this running joke that I have a hall pass with Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman, it's just a uh, gal. You know, you know, Wonder Woman's fictional, right? Uh, not to me, <laughs> not to me. Plus there's a, the, the Wonder Woman, the, 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 the actress, what's her name? Gal. Gal. I don't know if it's Godot or Godot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And got it. Right. So, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I should. Yeah. Uh, it know, gives a whole new meaning to I'm waiting. That gal's got it. I'm waiting, uh, uh, waiting for Godot. <laughs> Do you know that play? Well, anyway, it's famous uh, play for those she's, people. She's my hall pass. And uh, so for her birthday, I I gave her. For Aaron's birthday, not Aaron's Gail's. birthday, yeah. <laughs> not Wonder Woman's. <laughs> I, I gave her a birthday card with the Wonder Woman outfit on the card. And it was all about telling her that she's my Wonder Woman. She doesn't look 40 at all. Um, she's, she, uh, she's. Uh, she she's one of those people that really does seem to um well she looks better with age i i got to say i'm i'm a lucky man there i would like to say i look better with age but clearly um i've been told especially with my white beard that that is not happening that i most people guess that i'm older than i am so <laughs> Uh, maybe I, I guess that you're older than you are and I've known you for 25 years. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm 40, I'm 48, uh, but I only look 52. So <laughs> I'm you're ahead of the game. I'm ahead of the game. Uh, but yeah, I like to, I like to, uh, think that I am younger. That's, it's all about your mindset. So in my mind, I'm, I'm a young superhero. 
in my mind, uh, you've got other things to talk about on the show. Let's talk about some other stuff. Yeah, let's talk about how to be as strong as a superhero. As or at strong. least get closer to it. Yeah. Right? So we're talking about reps in reserve and rate of perceived effort. So first of all, why is this important, Chad? Why, why, why do we care about reps in reserve and rate of perceived effort? Well, I guess we should start with what is it, right? Yeah, let's start with that. So this is a big reason why you are a co-host, less important co-host, <laughs> but it's still important because you, because your perspective on things is always, um, it's, it's good for me to be able to answer these questions that, that even you've had in your training progression since you started um, this whole partnership with, with me. Uh, one of the requirements is that you get into shape because... Um, because you you did you spent a considerable amount of time um, not really focusing on your fitness. You're a very active guy. In all seriousness, you don't ever get like really out of um, a good, healthy sort of um, you know overall perspective on health and fitness. You you always maintain pretty good health because you're active and you um, you keep yourself moving, but compared to what you were doing when we started the business 15 years ago and you started boxing and you were running the mountains and, you know, we were doing our, uh, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of competitions back then. You were even thinking about getting into boxing, um, more competitively. Um, I'm glad you didn't because you'd probably be slurring your words right now and, and, and probably not very coherent. Um, somehow that got transferred to me, I think. <laughs> But, but you, you were in phenomenal shape at one point and let's just face it. You, you came back to the gym, um, you know, with some challenges. Yeah. That's a nice way to put it, Matt. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. No, well, but, you know, I, I, I got back into the arts and, and I took over a theater company and then, uh, moved to another theater company and, and, um, uh, ran that with with my wife, and then we had a child, and so uh, our baby is now almost three. I'm sure she would probably argue that she's the one who had she the had child. The, yeah, uh, I know we're taught to say we we did it, we us. Yeah, our, you know, but but um, I remember being at the hospital after the delivery, and it seemed like she is the one who did she, it. She certainly, yeah. She did the vast majority of the work. Gosh, you have a beautiful, beautiful girl. And and I say that word beautiful as in, yeah, uh, just, I mean, the aesthetics of this kid is uh, beautiful red hair and such an amazing smile and the expressions on her face I'm, it's just, uh, it makes me smile just thinking about her, but her personality, just unbelievable. Um, what, what a great, um, example of what a full-time, uh, dedicated, um, you know, I, I, the parents that you guys are, I'm trying to give you a compliment, which is why I'm stuttering. Cause I'm not used to it. <laughs> You guys are, and I'm you guys just are waiting. wonderful I'm parents. just waiting for you just to let the other shoe drop. Uh, but, but but I think this is great because we're talking about a lot of a lot of people obviously have really busy lives. Yeah. They have kids. Yeah. Um, these kids get in the way. Man, man, those um, kids. <laughs> and and I've and I've with um, with my own daughter Mia, who is the absolute joy and love of my life. 
uh, I certainly had to make decisions. She was two months premature. Mm-hmm. So man, that, that first six months or so was rough. Uh, so I, I certainly, I certainly was not able to continue with a lot of the, uh, the programming I was doing up leading up to that. And that went by the wayside because there are more important things in life. And, uh, and eventually I had to get myself uh, back into shape. I, I remember doing what I could, but when you're getting two, three hours of sleep a night, yeah, it's just not even healthy at a certain point to, uh, to do too much. So I was doing very little for a while myself. So I think this is good to talk about because I want people to know that no matter where you're at, you can certainly start to get a good progression plan together and knowing where to start is important. And a a lot of times people will say to me, Oh, I, I want you to coach me or I'd love to start your program, but you know, I need to get fit first. <laughs> I need to get ready for this. And it just makes me laugh because of course you need to, you need to start off with a, um, a good program from day one and, and have a plan and, um, don't wait to get a certain fitness before you start following a good, a good plan. I think, I think that accountability is, is super important. And starting off with actually knowing where your fitness is. So, for example, somebody's um, wanting to start a run program, and they have no idea what their uh, what they can run. They don't know what their pace is. They don't know uh, what they can cover distance wise. You know, there's there's some simple tests that you can do. Even if you're starting off, by the way, with a power walk for 15 minutes, that's where I like to start a lot of times and say, walk as fast as you can for 15 minutes. And let's see how much distance were you able to cover in that 15 minutes. Try to pick a route that is you can repeat. So you want to do this same route again. And either you can finish further on this route in 15 minutes, so you go further, or you do that same route, but faster. So, you know, personally, what I like is do um, a combination of those. You might you might have one day where it's more accumulation based. And so you're trying to now go a little bit uh, further and maybe even extend your time to 20 minutes, 25, 30 minutes. Or you have an intensification day where you just try to do that route, but faster. So we'll get into why that is in a little bit. But um, that's what I'm going to want to know as, as a coach. Where, where are we at? And right. you should know that about yourself because now you've created set points for yourself. And you can now retest yourself after a few weeks. And I, I believe in some sort of testing every fourth week or so. Um, even if you think that you haven't done enough in that three-week period, just test yourself again. Maybe you've surprised yourself and you're further along than you think, or maybe you are about the same, but at least it kept you going. And then you want to just work towards getting uh, the faster or getting that result that you have in your mind that you want to achieve. And it puts it into, a, into reality. So, so goals need to be based on several things. But um, I think when we have set points, we're more accountable for ourselves. So start off with a, a set point. It doesn't have to be run a mile as fast as you can, right. is my point. And we'll get into on the strength end of things what, what I suggest. So I have an example for you on that today. So uh, I want to go back to a couple of points, um, you know, talking about uh, myself, my own journey and getting back into a, a strength training program. Um, one of the things that 
that I think has evolved a lot in the programs that you're doing now is uh, the efficiency. And we had efficiency and effectiveness. Um, we had a conversation about this on a podcast a couple of episodes ago. Um, and, and I think that that's really important because coming back now, when we work out, and sure, um, the workouts will change as we continue on, but we're only really working out for 20 minutes, 25 minutes. uh, Yeah. And it's, uh, that's a, that's another, I think in in itself, that could be another episode, but I love that you're bringing this up because we don't need to be in the gym for an hour, an hour and a half. Certainly, uh, these marathon gym sessions, that's that's not necessary. Where where it would be necessary is if you were like a power lifter, right? And you needed to take these really long breaks in between your lifts, so that you can lift maximally every time. <clears throat> Even those power lifters, there's um, Louis Simmons, who's who's well known for doing quite a bit of accumulation on alternate days, etc. Um, but with with the exception of uh, power lifting, really, I don't see a need for spending much more than 40 minutes maybe um, max in in the actual session. Now, uh, for an hour, sure, we still probably average an hour because you're including our our protocol, our workup sets, and then the actual strength session itself, and then a proper cool down, Mm -hmm. and, and also reflection. And we always end up talking about what we accomplished in that session and then that's a chance to journal, yeah. things like that. So if you if you go from uh, minute one to minute sixty, it sh- you should have time to do all of that. But you're right. Um, a lot of our sessions with the actual work sets, I call them, or top sets. Like this is where you're really working. Yeah. This would be you know twenty twenty minutes, twenty five minutes. We I don't think we have done anything over thirty minutes. No, no. And I think I w- what's important about that you know to me is that there are a lot of parents out there and there are a lot of busy people and and to get this to get the effectiveness of uh, our workouts you don't need all the time in the world you don't need to you know block out 6 days a week for you know an hour and a half or 2 hours to go in the gym it just doesn't need to be that way no but what you do want to do is a proper warm up Right. That's what you do want to do. And it's a big mistake to say, hey, I've I've only got 20 minutes. And so mm-hmm. what I'm going to do is I'm just I'm just going to go ahead and get into this workout today. And you just start pushing your body pretty hard because you only have 20 minutes. Um, if the, all you have is 20 minutes, then what I really suggest is that you stick with doing your protocol. And then maybe if you let's say you have. 20 minutes, you do 10 minutes of protocol. And now you have 10 minutes where you are warmed up. Then you could get on something like a bike and do maybe some high intensity intervals because it's got a low impact and it's pretty high reward, pretty low risk. And you could do some some hard intervals there, for example, where uh, maybe you're going uh, hard for 30 seconds and then you're doing your your recovery is 90 seconds um by the way i'm i'm just another episode we <laughs> another need to talk episode. about but if you're really doing intensity work then you need um three parts rest would be like the bare minimum to me and then usually if i'm really going 
hard, then generally what I like is like 30 seconds hard and then three minutes and 30 seconds for an active recovery. So that yeah. could be just spinning easy or walking easy in between or doing dynamic movements, doing your protocol, things like that. You, but that's that's another episode. We'll right. get to that. Yeah. yeah. You bring up an interesting concept, though. You said the word hard. What does hard mean to you, Matthew? Yeah. So uh, perceived effort, <laughs> Chad's trying to rein me back in here, right? So rate of perceived effort, this is going to be something that I consider to be, um, it's fairly hard to understand with anybody new to training. And I talked about this gun to your head scenario, right? So if you were to go ahead and run, let's say a 12 minute mile, and you brought this up to me before, so I'm using that example. And then there was, uh, you said, okay, that was a, a, a 10 for me. That's as fast as I could go, and I covered 12 minutes for a mile, and I just feel like that's the best I can do right now. And then there's a gun to your head, or you know, somebody releases a pit bull. Yeah, you're running, mm-hmm. you're running down your neighborhood street, and the pit bull got out, and I, I don't mean to... Uh, make pit bulls, uh, you know, uh, the bad guys. They're some not very the bad nice guys. Pit bulls he just there, wants to play, maybe. Yeah, he just wants to play. But it's just, just any, any kind of, you know, rabid dog. Okay, it's going out there. Not, not just a pit bull. Okay, so, so you all of a sudden this dog starts chasing. You got to run for your life. I bet you you can run like a nine minute mile, and then you're like puking, exhausted. You, you get home and you get in that door before that dog, you know, chews up your leg, and. You think, uh, okay, after you've passed out and you've rolled around the ground <laughs> crying and you're just so glad you're alive and stuff, uh, then you realize, wait a minute, I just, I just ran that mile in nine minutes. So that's your true 10. And so it's not a knock on people. And it's a scale, scale of it's zero scale. to 10. Yeah, right. and, and, and my point to that is that it takes time to really establish that. The more that you challenge yourself, the more that you build up your tolerance the more your body um, or your brain recognizes pain and says, you know, we've been here before, we can do this again, we can even do maybe a little bit more. And that's why there's, there's steps and there's layers. So somebody who's brand new to, to training really, or it's been a long time, they, they might think that something's a 10 words. In reality, it's probably like a, I don't know, a six or a five or even a four effort wise. Like, and think of that in percentage, one to 10, a four would be 40% of your max, right? But that's not necessarily a bad thing either because in the beginning, almost anything that you're doing is gonna help you, right? It's, right, and um, you wanna be more conservative. Exactly, you wanna be able to come back and do it again, so yeah. that's a good point. Like, You don't wanna go so hard um, in your first day, and, and again, that's where if you have sessions that are going on for you know an hour, an hour and a half, you, you might just end up giving yourself just enough time to get into trouble, right? Because you're doing way too many sets, and that there's too much accumulation in the beginning for you. So that that's something that you should be able to work into so that you're not so sore you can't even, uh, you know, cop a squat the next day. If you can't sit on the toilet, that's not a good thing. Um, so this is, this is a good point. And with you, I've been really impressed with your progress, but that's another thing that I want uh, to, to talk about here is you're pretty darn close, if not exactly accurate to your rate of perceived effort already, but you have a background and it didn't take long for you to reestablish 
um, you know, what your brain is allowing your body to do. It didn't, it didn't take long for you to reestablish that really. No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, you know, having been an active person for the vast majority of my life and, uh, you know, growing up, growing up playing sports and, and, you know, doing things like, like firefighting together and, and, um, things like dance, uh, being in theater and, and working hard that way. And then working hard, um, you know, building scenery and, and doing all that stuff. The, the concept of what my body, uh, can handle and what my mental state can handle or push. Um, you know, I've always, I think I've always at least, um, intuitively, if not, uh, uh, known specifically, I've always sort of intuitively figured that out. Right. Yeah. Well, and another reason why it's good to ramp up in rate of perceived effort is because, for example, tendons take longer to adapt to stress than the muscles do. So uh, if you take something like pull-ups and you're doing, um, you're, you're doing as many pull-ups as you can, let's say that you're keeping really good form even, but you're doing as many pull-ups as you can, but then your grip starts to slip a little bit with your hand. And now you're just barely holding on to that bar with your fingers, uh, your fingertips more, right? Or in other words, you have a slipped grip and the bar is not really pulled into your max grip anymore. Then that stress tends to go to the elbow and then we can start to have some, uh, you know, some, uh, some elbow pain. We can have some tendinopathy type of issues because um, again, your, your tendons just haven't had time to adjust and to keep up with the demand all of a sudden that you're giving it. So, you know, you're pretty good with that stuff because ego at the door, I mean, lifting with me has got to be daunting. I mean, it's got to be just so hard to look at what I do and then think, okay, I'm going to do way less than that. Right, Chad? No, it's not that hard. <laughs> I, I mean... All I, right, I, all right. I, I barely know, even look at you when we work out. I know. Well, you know, uh, listen, I, I wouldn't look over either because it would just depress you. Is I, I'm glad you agree. Okay, so <laughs> uh, hopefully people know I, I'm just razzing here. I, I uh, actually am always really impressed with Chad. But you did run into a little bit of trouble with the deadlift um, a few weeks yeah. back. Yeah. And what, what I sort of put together is, was your grip, actually. It was your, uh, your left hand, right? Mm -hmm, the grip there mm -hmm. slipped a little bit on the deadlift. Now, again, we didn't get super heavy. We didn't get into things too much too soon. But because the grip um, was a factor, that related to a frozen shoulder scenario that you had dealt with a few years back mm -hmm. and really not rehabbed it. You had no. really not gone through because again, you had your daughter and you had the business to run. So we just, um, it wasn't a big deal. You didn't get hurt really, but it was just an indication that uh, let's, let's, um, let's look a little bit closer at where your set points are. And um, that's where I have even doubled down more on these progression plans uh, where we want to try to take some of the uh, complexity out of some of the movements and go into movements that we know that you can uh, handle and you can accumulate with good form. So mm -hmm. this, uh, the accumulation that you do in your overall reps, that pattern and that pattern matching and be able to do several reps where you have really good form and focus, attentional tension, that, that is important. So the brain can start to recognize the pattern and really get focused on it and adjusted to it. 
um, versus something that's more intense that you might only be able to do for a few good reps. So that's what we'll talk about in a little bit more detail here. But uh, but with you, uh, for example, we went to more of the um, the glute uh, or the the hip thrusters yeah. to, to work on that, take the yeah. grip out of it. And so that's where barbell across your waist and you have your back uh, just slightly elevated on a step box or a, a lift rather, Reebok step box. Mm-hmm. And that that is um, a much better way for you to adjust there while we now start working more specifically on the grip by itself. So we go, we finish off some of these training sessions where we're doing some grip work so we can get that sort of caught up and then you're doing um some some single leg deadlift patterns where uh, again you are challenging the grip but not too much uh, or more than you can handle and you're still memorizing that pattern and right. so that's that's kind of the approach we're taking with you so we can get back to that deadlift without having the grip be a an issue right right um, and so to try and, and wrap up a little bit here on the, the rate of perceived effort, um, you know, part of the challenge coming back for me is my rate of perceived effort, I think, um, even maybe now might be slightly higher than what I should probably be letting my body do so that you know, I can come back in and, and make sure that I don't have grip issues on a movement where it's going to be super important that, you know, I've paid attention to, to building that up. Yeah. So, uh, this is where we can talk about, uh, specific tests. So we have several different tests that we will give or go through, but this is something I chose the hand release push up because it's something that everybody can just do, try out at home and see how this works. So I thought this would work well. So, uh, you know, try this at home, right? <laughs> this is, you know, this is one of those things that you should try at home or you could try at home. But with the push-up, first of all, uh, traditional push-up, I'm, I'm not a big fan with how most people are trying to do the push-up because, we um, will tend to have our hands where we're internally rotated in with our shoulders and then there's compression on our shoulders as we are pushing the ground away and we want to get more of a drift so that our shoulders are neutral and when we push the ground away our elbows are closer to our sides and so we're going at more of let's say a 45 degree angle with our elbows instead of having our elbows swinging out or at like 90 degrees so we're going to attach a video here where you can see what that push-up would look like and i like the hand release push-up in particular because you have to now go from off to on, which is, you know, all strength is really doing is establishing better base for power, right? So when we have our hands coming off the ground, now we have to squeeze our scaps back. We are loading that posterior shoulder. We're getting the mid traps fired up more, et cetera. So that is now reinforcing those strengthening patterns that we want for, um, for our base and then when we push the ground away our shoulders tend to be in a much better position Mm -hmm. so again this is where uh, the video i think will really help a lot but so say in that test is you give yourself a test to um to failure okay now 
with failure, I think it's important to note that I'm always talking about with good form, right? So if you if you look like your um, hips are dropping towards the ground, you feel compression in your lower back, right? Um, I, I think that that's where we've gone too far, right? Or I know it is. So in other words, you haven't maintained good flexion in your spine. So you don't have that abdominal flexion anymore. And that compression is going to your lower back. You're not or, stacked anymore. Stacked. Yeah, that's our, that's our stacked position that we want to uh, maintain, right? By having that those ribs down, spinal flexion. And then when we look at like areas like our shoulder, there's several things we have to look at here. But again, you know, are our shoulders internally rotating, right? In other words, if you notice your elbow is kind of popping out from your sides more and then you feel pressure in the front of your shoulder, you've gone too far, right? We, we are not maintaining that proper position position. Um, and, or if you just notice that there's, there's pain where it shouldn't be anywhere where it shouldn't be, then that is, that's going too far. But with good form, um, let's say that we can do 10 hand release pushups. Okay. So I'm using number 10 because it's, um, it's easy to, to show this example. Not, I don't expect everybody necessarily be able to do 10. Okay. But let's say that you can do 10 and you get through 10 and on your last one, I mean, you're kind of shaking and you're, but you're holding good form and you're able to get all the way out, uh, lock out, and you're able to get good control coming back down to the ground. So you've done 10, but you go to do number 11, you go to push off and you just can't, you just can't push the ground away anymore. You just, you're done. So that's 10 reps that you did. You take that 10 reps and that was your test. And by the way, that should take um, about 40 seconds or so, but maybe a minute. Um, that's about as long as your test needs to go for, okay? But uh, I, I will go at, usually it, it tends to be 40 seconds is a really good sweet spot. So I'll go with 40 seconds a lot um, for a test or maybe up to a minute with a more experienced athlete. With really experienced athletes, it might take two minutes on a test like this, but, but um, about 40 seconds to a minute for most people. But in other words, to where you just can't, you can't continue with good form. Now, uh, hand so release push-up is... Sorry, so your rate of perceived effort at the end of that test should be a 10. That should be, well, it's, that's the thing is, yes and no, because when, when I had, I had a, a, a young lady uh, that is testing for the FBI and she did four hand release pushups. Now, by the way, regular pushups, I think she can do 14, I think she said. So oh, wow. hand release pushups are much harder to do. And I believe that this is much more challenging, but for all the right reasons. So mm -hmm. I, even even with her, I'm going to have her do hand release pushups this this progression. But then as she gets closer to her test, we're going to do the pushups the way they will test her there. So more continuous pushups. In other words, your hands don't come off the ground. You just have to go to a certain depth and you push away again. But that's uh, the hand release pushups. Getting stronger at those will absolutely allow her to do more of her continuous push-ups, but we do want to test uh, for the continuous push-ups and get better at that once we've established better strength for the hand release. So we're doing 
hand release push-ups in this scenario and saying that that is your reps in reserve. If you did 10 and you couldn't go anymore, so that's your reps in reserve are zero. You couldn't do any more. So now you know that 10 is my max and I have zero reps in reserve. So from there, just talking about reps in reserve, how can we program that? We have two to three reps in reserve that I generally give for intensification. Okay, so two to three reps in reserve in that case is gonna be seven to eight reps per set. Now, why we do that is because if I have somebody go to their max and they do 10 reps, then they probably are not gonna be able to do um, much more than maybe five or six good reps in the next set. And then after that, they're probably lucky if they can uh, get in a few reps. Again, good reps, I'm saying, reps that really count. And so you don't even accumulate past, let's say, 20 reps total for your session that day. And instead of doing that, if we are training more at 70 to 80% of your max, so that would be, in this case, seven to eight reps, if 10 reps was your max, then that's going to be two to three reps in reserve. So that is um, a way that we can we can introduce good intensification for getting stronger in these positions, but without going to failure every time. Now, with the rate of perceived effort scenario, again, when I asked her, what was that for you going to four? Well, she felt like her rate of perceived effort was really only like a four because um, she just maxed out pretty pretty soon. She was surprised because she thought she would get at least like 10 because she thought, well, if I can do like uh, 14, 15, 16 regular push-ups, then, but, but she, she just, her, in her mindset, she was thinking, well, I didn't do enough to really make that hard enough for it to be, um, you know, uh, let's say an eight or, or a 10 in her rate of perceived effort. But what I told her is that you can focus on intentional tension more and create more torque, to, uh, really focus on that technique. But in other words, really make sure that that tension is there while you're doing your reps and that rate of perceived effort will go up. But there's even doing the same number of them. Yeah. Even doing another four, but just making sure that you internally are making them harder, maybe by breathing patterns. Yep. Using using your breathing patterns. So you're breathing out strong as you're pushing the ground away and really creating that cinching in. So your tighter is lighter is part of the scenario that we want to talk about here. So the more torque, the more tension that she's creating, right? The more that she's creating a good um, global flexion in that spot and really holding that position and not letting her hips sag. So what I should mention with somebody like her is she tends to sit in the saddle a little bit with her hips hinged a little bit when she runs. So this is exactly the kind of uh, position that will help to get her stronger. Not only that, obviously, is she's going to be tested for the push-up. So we're, we're going by that philosophy that when you create good tension and torque and technique, that you are tighter and tighter makes your body lighter. It makes you, uh, it gives you the ability to do more once you get really good at it. At first it's, it feels harder. So there's the rate of perceived effort that everyone tells me this once they start to really work on their breathing and really focus on good cinching, good technique there, all of a sudden, something that they thought was simple 
is a lot harder because they're not using momentum anymore. They're really focused on making that uh, intentional tension. Yeah, you're creating all of that force within yourself. Right. Yeah, even with your fingertips, by the way, on a hand-release push-up, when you're pushing the ground away, if you push your fingertips into the ground with the heel of your hand as an anchor and the fingertips that are pushing into the ground, that allows you to create a lot more torque in itself. And I like to do it with my thumbs forward so that, again, that aligns my shoulder better. So now we're probably using muscles in ways that we're not used to, but we're supposed to be using that type of archetype or that technique more. Um, But we're used to compensating. So it's not as hard for us until we eliminate the compensations and all of a sudden now this is a lot harder for me. So what I want to talk about here next is how we could get stronger and how we can improve those 10 reps. If you look at the intensification scenario I just described, that's going to be very difficult to do and you certainly don't want to do that every day. You'll just burn out and it's too much, right? But we can also add accumulation into this. So with accumulation, what I want to do is an example would be having a band. You could start with a a heavier band, a thicker band that you connect overhead on a bar, right? So like a pull-up bar or an overhead bar that's secure, make sure it's secure. And you put that band around your waist and uh, then you start to use that band to help you because it takes your some of your body weight away, right? And especially connecting the band around your waist and getting into that push-up position. Now it's also reminding you not to let your hips sag. Mm-hmm. The band doesn't really let you do that. And you can certainly start off with a thicker band. The goal should be there. Say you could do uh, 10 hand release push-ups, then find a band where you can get to about 15 hand release push-ups. So now you have accumulation. You're doing approximately 50% more than you could normally do without the band. You don't want a band that's helping you out so much that you could do 100 of them, right? You, you want to find that sweet spot. So to me, a lot of these reps, they will be around uh, 15 reps or so at the top end, okay? So for good accumulation. Maybe maybe going a little bit higher than that, but there's a point where you say, okay, I need to go to a lighter band now. So I usually use about 15. If you can do three to five sets with 15 reps with that band, then probably try to get to a lighter band now. And the rep range would be 10 to 15, right? So you can do at least uh, 10 reps and then up to 15. So let's say you go to that lighter band and now the first set you get in 15 by the fifth set, you get to maybe 10, 11, 12, something like that. That's a good, that's a good band for you. Okay. And by the way, with these sets, we're putting them in throughout your session usually. So this means if you have like a circuit, you would do, I always prefer actually doing some kind of row before the push-up. So I'll do maybe a, a suspension row, something like that to really get the back fired up, um, get the brace going, get the shoulders opened up. And then I can always do more pull-ups um, or more push-ups rather, right? And so 
um, just doing some kind of uh, even face pull apart, something like that, where you're opening up your chest, your shoulders are opening up and you're recruiting the, the posterior shoulder girdle, um, the back of your the back of your uh, body more, right? So your lats and your posterior shoulder girl, your mid traps, et cetera. Um, and then you'll, you'll probably feel like you're actually stronger in the push-up position. So uh, a little cheat I always do is just some, some sort of um, face pull-aparts or chest pull-aparts with a band first and then do the test. You'll probably be able to do more. So that being said, um, that accumulation day you might do, let's say on a Monday. Now, I personally like to generally do accumulation earlier on in the week. And then I go to intensification later in the week. So if I did that on Monday, I would go to intensification on Thursday. And on that intensification day, in this scenario, 10 reps being your max, you might want to do seven to eight reps for maybe four to seven sets. So with you notice no I said four to seven instead of three to five. Uh-huh. You know, always with these scenarios, I would probably start off with four and then build up to seven. But the point is, if you're doing, um, let's say you start off with doing eight repetitions for four sets, that's going to be, what's the math? 32. That's 32. 30, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm doing it on the spot, guys. No calculator. <laughs> um, so 32 reps and your max was 10 reps in one set. So you just more than tripled the number you could do um, at any one set, right? So that's how this also, even though it's intensification, you're able to get in more reps this way, right? So that would be maybe on Thursday and you build up to doing say seven, seven sets. Okay. So seven, do that math. Uh, do it, Matt. Do what it. Is it? Is it. Get out your abacus. Do it. 56. You got it. All right. I mean, come on. Ding, 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 All ding, right. ding, ding, ding. My daughter Mia would be proud. Um, so 56 reps and then you want to go through this accumulation on one day. I always take, I would say, a minimum of 48 hours between accumulation and intensification, but I generally like a little bit more. So every third day to me is is good, like Monday, and then take um, Tuesday, Wednesday, where you're working on other things, and then Thursday. So I guess that would be, uh, is that the, that's the fourth day, really, right? So that's, that's kind of how I'd break it up. And you would do that for a few weeks. And then at the end of three weeks, now you should retest yourself and see how many reps you can do in that same hand release push-up progression or test. And I'm telling you, what I, what I have found over years of working with athletes is we're always, we're always happy with that fourth week result, right? Um, so it's a nice, it is an, it's nice to, to mix in the accumulation with the intensification because with accumulation, muscles that fire together, wire together, right? And so they start to really um, recognize the pattern. So using that band, leave the ego at the door, by the way, guys, like there are some athletes that just, I don't want to use a band. You know, I don't want any help, right? <laughs> okay. We all, we all need help. All we right? all need help. Help me help yeah. you. Right. Um, but and it's just another tool. I mean, it's like wearing spikes on a track. That's why you have spikes is that's a tool to help you run faster. That's right. That's right. And, it, you know, and eventually I will say, OK, now let's actually put some weight on your back or put a vest on and let's do this intensification with additional weight even. 
right? And so that's where I don't like to do for intensification. For example, um, you might be doing, say, get to the point where now you're testing, your max test is 20 reps, okay? Then that's when you probably want to stick with um, the weighted vest so that you're still doing somewhere around seven to eight reps maybe, but now just with more of a challenge with additional weight. And on the accumulation day, instead of using a band at all, you might be just body weight now. And then you're getting in uh, that those 10 to 15 reps for body weight, where that used to be your max yeah. for one set, right? And you push that up, you get that up to your seven uh, sets of that. And yeah. that's crazy. That's it's a crazy. Lot of, that's a lot of pushups. Right it's a there. lot of pushups. Um, but, you know, I brought up pushups in particular because... I think there's this idea that anything body weight is either somehow safer for you, right? Or some people have the idea that it's just not going to be hard enough, right? There's, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat. And yet with push-ups or with body weight movements, I mean, come on, pull-ups are the granddaddy of body weight movement, right? I mean, uh, push-ups are incredibly uh, hard to do in the beginning, uh, doing some pull-ups should eventually be a goal as well, but uh, pull-ups can be really daunting to even do one, right? So going through progressions like this, you can take the same concept and put it into your pull-up progression. Mm -hmm. In fact, uh, I had a guy training for the Marines that he couldn't do more than, I think it was, uh, he tested it three pull-ups. And that's good in itself, but but he he needed to be able to do. Uh, I think he wanted to get in at least eighteen for for what he was getting into, and um, you know he's probably listening. Tanner, you're listening, but I got uh, his results back. He was really excited after doing these progressions with accumulation intensification. Then I believe his last testing, I think he said he did twelve pull-ups, and so he's well on his way. And that was just after one progression. Fine. So this is something that it works really, really well. Um, so don't get stuck in these ruts of just saying, "Well, um, you know, I'm not going to use any help from a band." But then when you are using a band, don't let the band take over. Like don't don't use a band. Um, as something that is now pulling you up Everest, right? On that, uh, on that rope, right? You don't want that band becoming that Sherpa pulling you up Everest and saying you got to the top, you know, make, allow it to help you, but you do the work and you keep that tension and you keep it, uh, honest. Right. And, and, and then that's where I say now use, use a lighter band and continue to challenge yourself until you don't need that band anymore. But, um, there is a point where body weight is just not enough anymore. And then that's where you can go into further progressions. Although I will say just a good old fashioned uh, push up. that's uh, good old pull-ups. I mean, no matter what level you're at, that's always a good stimulus. Even, even if you can go with weighted pull-ups, for example, that's something that you want to put sparingly into your program. Um, but uh, doing, doing regular pull-ups, there's a lot of different variations to something like that where you can really challenge yourself by uh, focusing on tighter and focusing on pausing now, right? Instead of doing things more dynamically, really focusing on pausing. One, one, of, uh, 
well, Bill Rogers, you know, he's working right now on keeping his chest to the bar um, on his pull, right? So he's focused on getting that isolated position stronger. So these are progressions that you can get into. And so the, the answer here with rate of perceived effort and with reps and reserve is we can use these things as good set points. We should be testing and retesting ourselves. And you should notice that your rate of perceived effort starts getting closer to your RIR as you become more experienced. So that's where something with somebody like myself that's been strength training, uh, you know, very regularly for 25 years or so now, if I do something, um, uh, to let's say 80%. So I say, okay, my, uh, rate of perceived effort was an eight there. I'm pretty close. If, if I, maybe I could eke out two more reps and I will not get to a, a third or fourth rep usually, maybe sometimes, but I'll surprise myself, but usually I'm right on the money. And that's just because I have a, a lot of experience doing it. So give yourself time to get that rate of perceived effort um, to match up with your RIR, your reps in reserve. That was beautiful, Matt. That's a beautiful tie up. Yeah. You really put a bow on that one. <laughs> well, thank you. And so I actually wrote out this progression on our board and we're going to do a quick video on this to show you guys exactly what we're talking about as as well as just what this hand release push up looks like. So you'll see uh, you'll see me demonstrating this and then talking about this exact scenario on the board so you can see it. So if you check out the video, then you can really put yourself through this as a nice little test. And we'd love to actually hear what you guys have to say. If you were able to follow this for say three to six weeks, what were your results? Love the feedback on that. Where can people give us their feedback? Where can people find us, Chad? Well, that's an awfully good question. It's a leading question. It is very leading. Uh, you can find us online at www pendolaproject.com P-E-N-D-O-L-A You can find us on Instagram Pendola Project You can find us on Facebook Pendola Project um, You can maybe even find us on YouTube That's where you'll see the videos Yeah um, man Yeah man Yeah man We'll link to all that stuff and, and you'll be able to find us everywhere Yeah you know what we haven't talked about a lot Chad What? And we I think just telling you guys this because I've gotten uh, so much feedback about I I love the podcast. I thought it was really informative. I thought it was great. Um, and I haven't gotten any feedback that it's terrible yet. I'm sure I'm just sure from it's me. out there. Um, I'm the only one that says it's terrible. Maybe you don't appreciate my Fat Albert impression <laughs> or whatever. But if, if you appreciate just what we're giving you here, sharing this podcast, um, this is I, it, it helps out way more than you guys would think. And I have so many people tell us like, oh, I'm going to write a review. This is the most amazing thing. And it, uh, I never see the review or I'm uh, asking people, yes, write a review or share it or do both. You can only write a review once, right? But you can share every time. And with people that you think this would help, just just sharing it would go a long ways. And of course, you're helping somebody else out. So this, this really helps us out because, yeah, I mean, we do want 
people to get our programs. And that is part of what this podcast is for. So um, to be able to continue to do this, um, I'd love to be able to get this out more. So we want the podcast to grow. We've actually grown quite a bit, um, especially when we revamp to the relative run readiness. I think uh, that really got a lot of people's radar. So really excited about the amount of attention it's getting. Um, I've got some really exciting um, announcements to make about different podcasts that I'll be on. But this is getting out there, but help us get out there big time, baby. Big Big time. time. Yeah. Get us out and about. All right. So if you do that, we would appreciate it forever, forever grateful, forever yours. (laughs) Signing off. That's what's relative. Yeah, man.